to you on this Friday morning. If you're joining us for the first time, for a start, get outside. It's beautiful out there in the morning. Lovely morning. Nice day on the way. Until it changes, then it'll get a little bit cooler. But enjoy it while you can. We've got a meat tray to give away. Uh, thanks to Liam Joyner and the team, my local butcher, Chanel, 62 Prospect at Road at Prospect. Talking kids' birthday parties. Had a lot of fun in the first hour. Birthday parties that went to plan, that it went off the rails, cooking experiments that either did or didn't work. We've had food poisoning. We've had the entertainment turning up and terrorising small children. Are you making a cake for Rosie tomorrow, Will, yeah, or are you we, buying we, one? We, you know, what was it, Clint Eastwood? It said a man's got to know his limitations. <laughs> uh, What's that from? Unforgiven? Or is it not him? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, we don't. I can't we... think of too many quotes from Unforgiven that apply to a child's first birthday party. <laughs> Deserves got nothing to do with. <laughs> Guess I shot just about every living thing, one time or another. Is it Clint Eastwood, Lucy? <laughs> yeah. Take away all he's ever. Dirty Harry. All he's ever. Dirty had, Harry. All he's ever gonna be. Dirty Harry. Uh, Dirty Harry. <laughs> Again, not not a, not generally child appropriate. <laughs> you know, in the excitement, I kind of lost track myself. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, no, the answer is we know our limitations. There will be no attempted cake making. There will be cake purchasing. Uh, let's get into some of the uh, the news cycle this morning before we get to more of your Meat Tray Friday calls and indeed texts on the uh, Dutton's text. Line. We're also going to cast our mind forward this weekend and talk Beta Birdwood and the Playford International Tennis Comp this hour. We'll get into those a little bit later. We'll start with the big global issue at the moment with regarding to the the deteriorating situation in the Middle East. Interestingly, the US earlier this morning announced a worldwide travel alert for American citizens. This has happened pretty rarely. Um, the US president is going to host a address to the nation in uh, just under four hours, about 11 a.m. In fact, it'll be about 10.30 a.m. Adelaide time, so just over just over three hours from now, he hosted address to the nation. There's clearly a bit going on there behind the scenes. He's of course just gotten back from the uh, uh, from Israel. Rishi Sunak, the British Prime Minister, has been with Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli Prime Minister, earlier this morning. He's now arrived in Saudi Arabia for talks with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Here he is earlier with Benjamin Netanyahu. Eighty years ago, eighty years ago, Prime Minister. The civilized world stood with you in your darkest hour. This is our darkest hour. It's the world's darkest hour. We need to stand together and we want to win. And this is why I support, I value your support and the fact that you're here. We must win together. I want to share the deep condolences of the British people and stress that we absolutely support Israel's right to defend itself in line with international law, to go after Hamas, to take back hostages, deter further incursions, and to strengthen your security for the long term. The, there is some relief on the way, and some small measure of relief on the way. Hundreds of vehicles carrying aid are, are set to be allowed into Gaza via the Rafah Pass, which is the, the border that um, Gaza has with Egypt. So they're going to mm. allow something like 20 lorries to go through carrying aid, which is a good gesture. That was secured by the US president in, in sitting down with the um, uh, the leaders of Egypt to try and nut that one out. Um, but it's a contrasting image. That side of the border, you've got the aid lining up. The other side of the border, to the north, you've got the Israeli military lining up. And the reports this morning are that that in ground invasion is imminent. You think once Sunak heads home and it just gets back to, you know, the diplomacy side of it um, fades into the background, it's going to be on for young and old. Feels you that way. Within the next sort of three days. Mm. Uh, here in Australia, T- 
Today, a milestone day, and I'm not talking about Rosie's birthday for once. I'm talking about a very significant birthday for the Sydney Opera House. Toe the line, don your suit, hide your truth, wipe your tears, don't cause trouble, find your bubbles, stick to black and white ideas, play it safe, know your place, know your lines, know your limits, find a doctrine, get it locked in, build the box and stay in it. Toe the line, don your suit, hide your truth, wipe your tears, don't cause trouble, find your bubbles, stick to black and white ideas. What's that? What's that piece of music? That's Tim Minchin's wrote a piece celebrating the 50th birthday, birthday of the Opera House. That's getting 50th birthday? 50th birthday of the Sydney Opera House. It was on this day, 1973, Queen Elizabeth II opened the Sydney Opera House, cut 16 bright red ribbons, two shells um, from from which two front shells which were attached to uh, to four tugboats. So wow. if, you can, if you can picture the ribbon like it was a building opening up the entire Sydney Hop- Opera House... This weekend, thirty-seven thousand visitors are expected to the to the building, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, the eldest children of the designer uh, are going to be mentioned. yeah are going to be there. Uh, Jan and Lynn, who are, are retelling the story of uh, their father getting the getting the what job. A story and- I was too. He, he um he's no longer with us, but he had no real fond memories of it. He hated the whole the whole thing in the end. Dealing with government and dealing with the public. The whole and, process. Yeah. Well, they say, it. interestingly, they say it feels like for them it's the 66th birthday because it started 16 years before it yeah. officially opened. So they say it's a, it's, a, it's a different feeling. Here's the CEO of the Opera House, Louise Heron. It's 50 years to the day since the Opera House opened its doors. It tested the limits of engineering and design and forever changed the image of the nation. In fact, these days, it's impossible to imagine Sydney without the Opera House because it has become a symbol of modern Australia. And what is a significant birthday in this country without a message from the sovereign Since its opening in 1973 by my beloved mother, the Sydney Opera House has stood as a continuing legacy for Australians, profoundly influencing contemporary arts and culture, both locally and internationally, and having global recognition as a symbol of modern Australia. King Charles releasing a statement to mark the occasion on the 50th anniversary of well, the most iconic building in the Southern Hemisphere. It is such a genuinely stunning building. Mm. And you can't imagine Sydney without it. It's just crazy to think, like, what, what was there before? Just It was just a park. Mm. It's, it's just up the road it's from It's hard to imagine what... Botanic Gardens at the end of Macquarie Street. But, you know, one of the truly great things, like, I spent three years working out of the Bureau in the New South Wales Parliament, and often at lunch, we'd just go down to Martin Place. There was this little sandwich shop, and you could buy a sandwich for, like, seven bucks. I always get chicken, celery, and walnut. These are these excellent mm. sandwiches. And... Then we'd just walk down, me and a few of the journos would walk down to the, just past the Botanic Gardens and we'd often just go and sit there at the at the Opera House. The other thing too, there's all these great bars there. Mm. So in in summer, and summer in Sydney feels like it goes for about eight months a year because the weather's so good, we'd often just walk down, grab a beer and, and grab half a dozen oysters and just sit there. And it's not, it's not expensive or elitist, mm. it's just like going to the pub. And you sit there looking out at the bridge, Luna Park, in the background, like, I just think about that. And I, this whole Sydney-Melbourne thing. People go, oh, I like, I like Melbourne. I think, what on earth is there in Melbourne that comes close to that? <laughs> I mean, I've got no yeah. real issue with Melbourne. Well, I never really care I think, if I, I, I go there I, again or not. I think you do. Yeah, I do a bit, don't I? But <laughs> just stop the fight. Sydney is just well, stunning. Well, I think Sydney has that those pinch-yourself moments where you go, as if we're just looking at this everywhere you turn. Like, I know I've got family that lives in Sydney, 
that catch a, fa- a ferry to work across Sydney Harbour every day. But think that's, but it's, but I've also got family that grew up in the western suburbs of Sydney. Yeah, well, uh, and that's where when you say stop the fight, if you're outside, the, yeah, the, well, the, the most magnificent parts of, of I think. Nothing rivals the harbour. Oh, but a lot of Western And the northern beautiful. beaches are pretty good too. The Nepean River's beautiful. There's so many beautiful suburbs in the west that have, you know, a lot yeah, of green space. We went from them. <laughs> yeah, you were from like Greenacre. Canley Vale. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a good place to buy heroin. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Every place. If you want to buy smack off the 5T gang, that's the place. Every place has its virtues, I guess. If you want to go listen. to the, a public toilet cubicle that's got an ultraviolet blue light in it, Canley Vale's the suburb for you. Now, um, this, uh, this is my favourite story, and this is the stupidest story in the world today, but I, I thought it was frankly hilarious. A man has been accused of posing as a mannequin in, in a Warsaw shop window to steal jewellery after closing time. <laughs> What's better is there are pictures of this bloke online. You need to see it. Did he pull it off? A 22... Yes, he did. 22-year-old was pictured standing still holding a, a handbag in a window of the store. <laughs> Police said the accused went hunting in various departments after closing then before settling on a jewellery stand. So he, once they closed the shops thinking he was just a mannequin in the window... He got about stealing stuff. Uh, now, he's a repeat offender because he also was accused of stealing items from a second mall. Uh, the, the gig that time, uh, he went and ate at a restaurant until closing time <laughs> and stayed there as the last patron. And as they left, he, he allowed himself into the uh, into the mall. He wanted a free feed. He went on a free feed. Exactly this was right. like sort of a succulent Chinese meal sort of territory. It sort of is. He faces up to 10 years in prison. So Democra- Democracy a- manifest. Take your dip view of this. Uh, but the uh, you need to see the... Uh, if you do one Google today, but look at this bloke with a woman's hand. It looks like a woman's handbag to me standing there <laughs> for hours in this shop window until they closed all the shops. That's, that's insatiable. It, it's, so, it's so brilliantly stupid as a plot. Uh, all right, let's check traffic and we'll come back with some more of your Meat Tray Friday entries in just a moment. David Pemberthy and Will Goodings, 6 to 9, 5AA Breakfast.